You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour two on this Friday. It's a Traeger Mead Friday, but we have Mahi Mahi cooking on the Traeger Grill. Can't you smell the Mahi Mahi? Gang's all here, ready to go. Glad you're part of the program. If you're watching, you're listening, tweeting, emailing, or all the above. Dan Patrick Show. Coming up, we'll check in with the Kansas City Chiefs. They've started negotiations quietly, privately, with Patrick Mahomes' agent. The question is, if you're Patrick Mahomes and his agent, what do you take and when do you take it? We'll talk to uh, Sam Mellinger. He covers the Kansas City Chiefs for the Kansas City Star. He'll join us coming up a little bit. The popular Rebecca Lowe on loan from NBCSN. She, uh, of course, is the host of the Premier League. She will join us. The Premier League is coming back here in a couple of weeks. The Premiership. It feels like they're just coming back to say, all right, let's make it official so Liverpool can finally get a title. Liverpool's first since 1990. Yay! Because they're, what, 25 points ahead of everybody else. They can't lose this. It's a coronation for Paulie's Liverpool squad. And, uh, well, Fritzy's got a kit on today, a Manchester United kit. I couldn't name one player, but I figured with Rebecca on, I should wear something soccer-related, so found this in the deep recesses of my uh, closet there. Stand up. Let's see what it looks like there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got your, uh, your red kit, Manchester United there. What happened to Manchester United, Paul? They've had uh, about a four-year stretch where they just can't get back to that top four level. And they keep churning through different players. They keep spending money. They just have a four-year window just whiffing, basically. Hmm. And then Liverpool got the right guys about two years ago, and they're on a run. Is this a big deal for you? For Liverpool, yes. No, for you. Yes. I'm a pretty long-term Liverpool fan, probably about 16, 17 years now. And they've come close a few times a few years ago. They had it within their grasp. And there was a horrendous mistake by a star player. And no. I, of course, have my Liverpool hat that I've had for, gosh, how long have I had this? Four weeks? No, I think it's longer than that. Oh, it's six a couple weeks. of months. Yeah. A couple of months I've had this Liverpool hat. Yeah, you, you timed it out right. Front runner. Well, I learned from my kids. You know, they, they'd like somebody right away. It's like, oh, I've been a fan of theirs for like a, a year. I'm, I'm curious what Patriot fans are going to be like this year. Because they, they love the Patriots and Tom and your Super Bowl team. What if New England goes 9-7 and seven this year? Maybe 10-6 and six if all goes well. What if they go 8-8? Eight and eight? How dedicated are those fans going to be if you're not a Super Bowl caliber team? Yeah, see. Yeah, sure will be interesting to see that. Are you still <laughs> going to be a Patriot fan? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely a Patriots household for sure, although we're much more interested. I know I am for sure in seeing what the Buccaneers do. That'll be fun, but it's definitely a Patriots house. If I said the Buccaneers were going to go far in the playoffs or the Patriots were going to go far in the playoffs. I would take the Patriots. Uh, although, I, th- I don't know. I guess both are really interesting storylines. You know, I mean, from, uh, from what we do for a living, I think both are pretty interesting. I saw where Brady's SUV is for sale. Yeah, that looks bad. No, not too bad. It looks boring. It looks comfy. Yeah, what does? It looks like the inside of a private uh, jet, but it's $300,000 for Tom Brady's SUV. <laughs> yeah, I know. Wait, what does it do? You could lounge in it. You've your, your, got a couple chairs that recline. It's got a 32-inch TV. 
He said that it was his sanctuary, that it helped him after games when he would be driven home and then he could watch film. And like you look at it and you go, $300,000? You can take a tour of it. It's got, you know, fine, the finest Italian leather. Natch. Is every Italian leather the finest Italian leather? Because it feels like that. Right. Is there a subprime Italian yeah. leather? Like this is average Italian leather, but if it was, it's the finest Italian leather. And uh, it looks really comfortable, but it's it's sort of a beige interior. A little bland. Yeah. A little blandsky. Yes, Paul? How come stuff in other countries is always better? Like Italian leather, you know, Himalayan sea salt. We don't have sea salt here. They don't have sea salt <laughs> down in a, near New Orleans or something. <laughs> It's something that other country is always better. But it's because you can't, it's not readily available. Like, this this is Italian marble. Oh, Italian marble. Yeah, oh, yeah. crap. Yeah. And if you get shoes, the Italian shoes. Right. Yes, Todd. Don't you need like a jacuzzi and a brick oven, like something more than for $300,000? Wouldn't that be cool if there was a way to fit a mini jacuzzi? You can, you know, bake some pizza in there in the back. You got to have something more than beige seats and reclining chairs and a couple of TV sets. I don't know. If you're a Brady fan, is that who's going to buy this? I, I'm assuming you're going to buy, but you're spending $300,000 to sit where Tom sat. Yes. Yeah, I love that peek into what Todd would do if he won the lottery. Like say Todd won $300 million. He would get an Escalade and inside of it, he would put a jacuzzi and a pizza oven. <laughs> That's what he would do if he had unlimited wealth. He, he doesn't have Those it. are the things like right off the top of his head. He's like, what don't you want like a jacuzzi <laughs> and a pizza oven? <laughs> make, make little mini hot dogs. But, in but the see, corner somewhere? you actually stop and listen to what Todd says. When I hear it, I just keep moving. You do tune me out. Don't you want like a jacuzzi and a pizza oven? You sit in the jacuzzi, you bake yourself a little snack on your way home, don't you? you sitting get there in your jacuzzi holding a nice pepperoni. Slice no, but Todd, who's going to cooking? Because you don't. Well, if I could afford a $300,000 vehicle, I'll have someone uh, that's uh, on my beck and call that could make these things. I'm not doing it. $300,000 SUV that's it's still just a car. $300,000. I know, but it's, it's not an airplane. Well, I can understand if you're buying certain cars, like a Steve McQueen's Porsche. You know, all right, I get it. You, know, you spend a million dollars on something like that, a collector's item there. There's certain, you know, cars out of movies here, but Tom's SUV for 300 large? Yeah, see. If you got all that money, though, why not spend it to make yourself as comfortable as you could be? I right? would, Isn't I, that like one of the benefits of being just filthy rich is that you're like, ah, oh, just comfort. But if I have the money... Why am I not doing that for my own SUV instead of taking Tom's leftovers here? Okay. It's when the rich people buy a house and then they tear it down. It's because they can. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see the difference. Yeah. Right. Right. Why would you could just get your own $300,000? Yeah. Why are you getting Tom's? Yeah. Got it. Maybe I want team colors in there. Mm. I mean, it's, it's nice, but it looks like the inside. If I said, oh, what is this? You'd say, oh, it looks like the inside of a private jet there. But, uh. $300,000 for Tom's SUV. Yes, McLovin. When I was in high school, I got to drive my parents' minivan for a year. Mm. And everyone said, wow, you must get a lot of action in the back of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, people said that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Have you ever met me? <laughs> but nothing uncooler than a minivan, by the way, when you're... Yeah, but when you have kids... I, I know it's one of those... It was really hard to pull the trigger on an S, or a, for a minivan. You had one? Yeah. Yeah, had a minivan. Is that 07 around there? I don't remember. It's all a blur, Paulie. Yeah. It, Were you, did you approve it or did it get past the goalie? 
I knew we needed it because we had four kids under the age of seven. And I, I just remember you got to strap them in. And I, I just said, all right, we're good. You know, I got to have enough baby seats in there. But when you go and you're going to spend some money on a minivan, there's so much that goes through your head where you go, God, this is the end. Like this is, I've given up. <laughs> I, it's over. Sweatpants. Yes, I'm gonna have socks with sandals. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble here. Yes, he. There was a moment. Um, it's sort of not about giving up, but when you realize that you're sort of living a cliche, is that I was sitting in, I had, I was in a Prius in the Whole Foods parking lot with my wife and my dog. And I was like, oh my God. You're right out of a commercial. How did we just, this is, and like I stopped in the moment and I was like, babe, look at what we're doing right now. Look at what just happened. How did this happen? How did we get here? How did this happen? And you you vow that it won't happen. I won't, uh, I won't drive a minivan. No. Rock and roll till I die. No. Nope. Next thing you know, Wrong. got a minivan. Yeah. Pulling up for a soccer game. It's wild. Oh, by the way, uh, this didn't take very long, but Chat Row, uh, Brandon in Florida, yeah. saying he would buy um, Tom Brady's SUV, but it gets horrible gas mileage. Do you know why? <laughs> oh, I know why. Andrew? Because the tires are deflated? The tires are deflated. Oh! hey Zing! All right. <laughs> that one stung Fritzy. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, I got a little beaten up by that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, McLevin, you wanted to talk about the NBA, the uh, the play-in proposal here. Yeah, put up a poll. Which is the best system? Uh, play-in with 20 teams, play-in tournament with 20 teams, go straight to 16 playoffs, or try to have a regular season and a normal playoffs if you're the NBA. Mark Cuban's Mavericks would have the most to lose in a play-in scenario under previously discussed terms. That would include the teams that are 7th through 10th in the conference standings. The Mavs are seventh right now in the Western Conference standings with a 40-27 and 27 record, seven games ahead of the eighth-place Memphis Grizzlies. But this is how close Dallas is to the fourth seed overall. We're going to have them in the play-in scenario, apparently. I'm looking at the, uh, the standings in the West. The Lakers have 49 wins. Clippers have 44. The Nuggets have 43. Jazz have 41. Then it's Oklahoma City, Houston, and Dallas, all with 40 wins. So it's that tightly bunched. Plus, with Utah losing one of its better players, Bogdanovich, you know, they may be uh, an early exit team. I saw where the Rockets GM, Daryl Morey, said that uh, he likes this scenario as an advantage for the Rockets. They're a deep team, and uh, they're a tough team to kind of prepare for with Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They said, uh, sort of like our chances here. But uh, the Lakers right now with 49 wins. Uh, and then they're going to open up against whoever is going to come out of that uh, with uh, the eighth seed overall. I, don't, I feel like we've played enough games that Memphis deserves to be in there. I thought John Morant, uh, Jaron Jackson, you know, they're the eighth seed. You've earned it. It feels like, and I'm sure that, thank God David Stern's not still the NBA commissioner the late great commissioner, because he'd be yelling at me right now, because I'm going to say the following. Feels like the NBA certainly wants to get Zion Williamson into the playoff picture here. And New Orleans, I love watching them. I, I would love to see Zion play a couple more games. But if I'm looking at the standings here, the Pelicans are four games behind Memphis. The Blazers are three games behind 
just feels like we're going to extend this and extend this for the opportunity for Zion Williamson. I just get nervous in how people are going to perceive this. Oh, are you making concessions to get a team or a player in here? I want it to be about fairness. It feels like it's a little bit for marketing as well. And it might be fairness in the marketing here if you're uh, the commissioner. I, I don't want to accuse him of anything. I'm just telling you, and I haven't heard anything. I just get the feeling, how do we get Zion Williamson in the playoff picture? And I do believe Mark Cuban is okay with this format. I don't know if I'm paraphrasing McLovin, but did Mark Cuban say, I'll take the bullet on this and we'll have our team in there even though they're not really a seventh seed overall. Yeah, I believe Cuban is all all about the twenty team play in tournament. I think he's proposed, or he's at least supported that proposal. I get it now because given everything that's going on, you you don't want to be that guy who says, "Well, this isn't fair." I don't know what is fair with all of this, but and now are the San Antonio Spurs? Are you going to extend it so the Spurs can get in? I just feel like. You get one shot, do it right. The less teams, the less risk. And if you're going to have 16 teams in Orlando, I don't, I don't, it, let's put it this way. If the Pelicans were the eighth seed, would we be having a play-in game? <laughs> would we have a playoff format? And I'm going to guess we probably wouldn't. But that's just me. That's just me. Yes, Paul. Could you make the case that the Pelicans as a franchise don't want to be in the playoffs and don't want to have a playoff format? They have no chance, except for a technical chance, to win the NBA title this year. Putting Zion Williamson on the court after this long layoff could only endanger him for next year. Is that fair? Well, I guess you can look at that, but he's had a long layoff here because we weren't sure. Reggie Miller and I had conversations in December where we didn't know if Zion would even come back this season. Now we're talking about... Can you get Kevin Durant back for the playoffs? That would be a bigger risk to me, having Kevin Durant come back than having Zion Williamson's season extended by a week or so. Yeah, McLevin. One addendum, Mark Cuban really, and you mentioned this earlier in the week, really wants regular season games too. He wants before, so he doesn't want this season to be set. He wants a few more regular season games. So maybe people can but, move up or down. Okay, but and, and he's saying that because where his team is right now, they're seventh. But they're tied with two teams with 40 wins, and they can move up and maybe supplant Utah there, who has 41 wins. And if you're going to have five regular season games, Mark Cuban is saying maybe that we can take the Mavericks out of this play-in scenario there. I, I like the play-in scenario just because it's if it's one game between two teams and then one game between two teams, and then they face each other, and then they go in. What do the other teams do? Or is it just, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how you get this done. So you're going to have each team play and then they win and then that's it. That's the, that's the playoff format, uh, one through eight in the East and West. Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, Cuban does want to split up in the East and West, not cross over a pair, what I'm reading now. Yeah. What about this World Cup thing where they'd have different pools? Yeah, it seemed like the, the latest is the GMs were not into that so much. I, I, I think the commissioner was into it, but that was when we didn't have the pandemic, when we were going to have maybe a, a middle-of-the-season tournament here with that kind of World Cup format there. Yeah, see. Is that very much different than sort of the way the NCAA does the 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 tournament and the brackets. brackets and what's the difference between the East and the West and the, you know, whatever. 
I don't think so. Game. It's just you only have four teams here and then four teams here, and you know, with the World Cup. So you're. Right. It's but some some places get a tougher draw than yeah. others. Yeah. You know, I mean that's that's all part of the fun. You know, when you find out that Paris Saint Germain got the same place as Liverpool or something, you're like, oh dang, that's going to be awesome. I think the only difference is we don't know enough about the college basketball matchups where we do the NBA. If you're saying Northern Iowa, I don't know if they're any good. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, Northern Iowa is really good. Or this team is not as good as we thought with college basketball. Because I think the NBA, we get a larger sample size and we have an idea because you have stars on there. How many times you go into March Madness and you go, uh, I don't know. I'll take uh, Michigan State because they got Tom Izzo. I'll take Syracuse. They got Jim Behan. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break here. I wanted to talk to Sam Mellinger. He covers the Kansas City Chiefs. It's quiet right now. But there are private discussions going on, reportedly, with Patrick Mahomes' agent and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm just curious the time frame of this, of if you're Patrick Mahomes, when do you ask for your money? How much is guaranteed? Is it going to be attached to the salary cap going up or down in the coming years? And do you want to do a four-year deal so you'll be 28 when you get into the next contract, the fact that you can have a quarterback who can get a contract that's going to be a, a couple hundred million dollars and do that twice in your career is going to be pretty amazing for Patrick Mahomes. And what happens to Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott? Uh, what happens with their salaries? Because you have to be watching. Now, if I'm Mahomes, I don't. I want to wait till Dak Prescott gets his money, and I want to wait till Deshaun Watson gets his money. And I want to see what the salary cap is going to look like. Because if you don't have fans in the stands, and they've already said the salary cap could go down as much as, I think, 25%. Does that sound right, McLevin? Somebody reporting possibly 30%. Okay. Yeah. But you might have his salary attached to the salary cap if it goes, it goes down. But then when it goes up exponentially with the new TV deal, you could be looking at maybe $50 million a year for Patrick Mahomes. So we'll uh, get an update on the contract talks there uh, coming up a little bit. And uh, Rebecca Lowe on loan from NBCSN to talk about the return of the premiership. She'll join us coming up in about an hour. Take a break here. It's uh, 20 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. We'll check in with the Kansas City Chiefs here in a moment. Just got this stat. 1992, Shaq's rookie season led the Magic. They tied the Pacers for the final playoff spot in the East. The Pacers got the spot on a tiebreaker. NBA wouldn't want to see another case where it's prize rookie missing the postseason on a technicality. By the way, the Magic missed out on the playoffs that year. They won the draft lottery. Wasn't that Pat Williams, who was the GM? And uh, they, uh, they selected Chris Webber. And then they traded for Penny Hardaway after that. God, I thought Penny Hardaway was going to change the NBA. Until he got hurt, he was a whole lot of fun. Uh, Sam Mellinger, he covers uh, Kansas City Sports, covers the Kansas City Chiefs for the Kansas City Star, KansasCity.com, and the great columnist joins us on the program. Good morning, Sam. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, these talks have been kind of quiet with Patrick Mahomes, which I think is good, but... 
Well, first of all, are they going on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, what What is the sort of the parameters here or the framework here from each side of what they hope to get? Let me start with the Kansas City Chiefs. What would be ideal for them to get with Patrick Mahomes? Long-term employment of Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I think that, that is the goal from the team for sure. I, I, I think that, you know, these talks have been going on. And I, I think that there's a mutual there's mutual ground here. Um, Patrick wants to be with the Chiefs. The Chiefs obviously want him here long term. He'll be the highest paid player in the league. Um, you know, I think that's that's a wrap. It's just a matter of, of, of structure and, and figuring out exactly how to do it. But also, if you're Patrick Mahomes and his agent, what is your strategy of how long and how much and then get that second? You, he'll get another contract, too. That's going to be a big one by before sure. he's even 30. Yeah. And, and I want to be clear, like uh, Chris Cabot, who is, you know, leading the leading the negotiations on, on Patrick's side, he's been he's been ice quiet. Um, you know, the, the insight that I'm getting is from other people in the business. And it is tantalizing for them because th- this is a possibility to really change future negotiations. I mean, the, the thing that comes up when you talk to anybody in football, really agents, especially is nobody has ever had this kind of leverage, you know, um, league MVP the first year, Super Bowl MVP the second year of playing, obviously set the first year. Um, and, and he's 24 years old. He's changed a franchise, kind of turned them from, you know, sort of a perennial postseason heartbreaker to, you know, a possible next dynasty. And, and that she's so he's got them, <laughs> you know, he, he can ask for whatever he wants. And that's what people keep talking about like is this the time that that something gets tied to a percentage of the salary cap you know that's something that some agents have have wanted for a long time and teams have always resisted is it just a full guarantee i know kirk cousins did that a couple years ago but this um you know patrick's numbers would obviously dwarf that so it's it's sort of i think what people around the game are looking at is not just the bottom line money which will be enormous but it's also what what kind of new precedents can be set that can help other players but you, if you tie it to the salary cap, and, and if I'm going to follow what you pointed out in your column, let's say the salary cap goes down 25%. Yeah. Mahomes' salary then will go down, but then it will go up exponentially with the long-term possibilities with the new TV deal and gambling involved in the NFL. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, there's risk on both sides if you do that, for sure. What kind of money, though? Can you overpay for Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so. I mean, I just, I feel like all the rules are different with him. You know, when you you look at his age and just what he's been able to do, there's no, um, I I tend to think about things like this, like, okay, if, if he turns out to not be as good as we think he is right now, if, if he just becomes a good quarterback, not a transcendent one, what is the reason? And I can't figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, like, is it, is it his physical talent? Like, obviously no. Is it his, his mind? Obviously no. Is it his work ethic? You never know how money can change somebody, but there's nothing in his background or sort of his personality that makes you think he's a risk to, you know, sort of start mailing it in, um, you know, once he gets paid. The only thing that would concern me, though, Sam, is we've seen this before where quarterbacks get their money. And, you know, Seattle built a team that was on the verge of a dynasty yeah. or a mini dynasty because of Russell Wilson, where he was drafted and how much he was making. We've seen this with, you know, teams trying to draft a rookie quarterback, get him to play and then build the team around him. Kansas City's going to have some big ticket items. And Chris Jones, who could have been the MVP of the Super Bowl, you know, he might be a guy who you know has to pay the price for Mahomes getting his money. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, they've got these are smart points that you're making. They, they, you know, you know how these 
contracts work. Like you can actually create some short-term contracts or some short-term uh, payroll space with a long-term deal with, with Chris Jones, right? Like he's on the quote for, what is it? 16 million, something like that under the franchise tag. You, you can create some short-term cap space by giving him a long-term deal, but the, the chiefs are in a really, <laughs> you know, it's a good problem. It's one of these good problems to have because they're, they're paying good players. But, you know, there was a, a moment, I think a week or two before the draft where the chiefs had $177 of cap I know. <laughs> <laughs> not 177 grand, $177. I could not go out to eat as in, in a big group uh, with that. So, you know, they've, they've got some hard decisions, but again, I mean, these are the problems that you want, right? Like you want the problem to be like how can we tie up you know the best player in the game long term sam mellinger uh, kansas city star joining us on the program uh take me back to the draft and when the kansas city chiefs were moving up and then you had alex smith i believe coming off a pro bowl season and all of a sudden you're drafting a quarterback there what did the lo- what was the local media reaction in kansas city it was bonkers, man. I mean, you, you have to remember that in Kansas City, it had just been a long line of somebody else's backup quarterback that was starting for the Chiefs. It was, it was Trent Green. It was Steve DeBerg. It was Steve Bono. It was Joe Montana for, you know, two glorious seasons in the 90s. Uh, but they had not drafted a quarterback in the first round since the 1983 draft, but they came out of that with Todd Blackledge <laughs> while other people got Hall of Famers. So it, this had been a cry. I mean, it, it was like almost part of Kansas City's, you know, it was almost embedded in Kansas City as a sports fan. It's like, why the hell won't the Chiefs draft a quarterback in the first round? And when they, in right before that draft, um, you know, all these smoke screens that teams throw out, but yeah. there was, there was some talk that, uh, that they wanted a linebacker uh, to stop the run. And, and, you know, short term, just for that next season, maybe that would have been the smarter move, you know, somebody to stop the run because we certainly saw how that ended in the playoffs. But, you know, when, when they traded up, and it was, you know, not just a quarterback. Um, I, a lot of people assume it might be Deshaun Watson there, right? And he was, uh, you know, the national championship quarterback against Alabama and the two minutes, all that, all that stuff. But when they took Patrick Mahomes, now you're taking a really big swing, right? Now, now you're really going for the, the highest ceiling you can get. I mean, it, it was just, I think there was a nervous energy, you know, like, oh my God, it finally happened. I hope it's the right move. But it was also like, finally, at least, at least they're taking their move. And you know this covering drafts. I don't believe anything until usually that day of or right. right before, maybe the day before. And I had an NFL scout who said, uh, your guy Mahomes is moving up. Now, I, he said my guy because I would come in every Monday and tell my guys, you got to watch this guy. I don't know if he can play in the NFL, but he's as fun as any quarterback I've ever seen. And my NFL scout says, uh, your guy's moving up the draft board. I go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, no, he's going top 15. I go, you got all these people say that he's, you know, he's like far, but he's, you know, he's going to be a little bit more of a project here. Like what happened where it's still an inexact science when we look at these quarterbacks and, and Mahomes is one of those classic cases of he was, he was there. Everybody could have, you know, seen this or maybe had him. And uh, what was it about him that we missed out on? I think that it was a lot of surface stuff, to be honest with you. I, I think that, you know, if you go back in time to 2017, you know, the air raid, that, that was that yeah. was a knock. You know, nobody had ever come out of Texas Tech or that system and, and, and had a great career. There was some questions about, um, you know, his handling of a huddle or his, his grasp of a, of, of a playbook, that kind of thing. Because what, what you see on tape, 
What you see on film is outrageous. Um, it, it is now in the NFL, and, and it certainly was at Texas Tech. Um, but you, you sort of wonder, you're just used to guys like that that put up these big numbers just not being able to do it in the NFL for whatever reason. I, I think one thing that doesn't show up on tape with these, you know, again, these outrageous highlights is how smart he is and, and how quickly he can grasp things and how quickly he can absorb it own it and then move on. You know what I mean? Like this is, it, it, it is different with him for sure. You surprised the Chiefs drafted a running back that high? I was a little bit. Look, I, I thought that they should have gone um, defensive back with that first pick and then gotten your running back later. I just, I believe that you can get value a little bit later on at that position, but you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he is, he is something different. And, and when you watch him, um, you know, during the season, snap by snap throughout a whole game. And then certainly like, you know, the highlight tapes now, I mean, you, you can see exactly what the chief saw in him and, and how he is uh, an unbelievable fit for that system. If he can protect, you know, if you're going to play running back, you got to pass protect. Yeah. You got to be able to protect the franchise. But assuming he can, he can learn that part of it. Um, it's just an absolutely ridiculous fit. They're going to be tough to stop. Sam, I can't help but go back to that knee injury with Mahomes yeah. and and what we thought at the time mm-hmm. and what it could have meant. I mean that that was that was historical in in what it did for the franchise yeah. and, and a quarterback <laughs> and other quarterbacks and you know legacy. Like it it was. Pretty, that was a big moment there. Yeah, it was horrific. Um, I mean, right when that happened, I can't remember if it was McCole Hardman or Tyreek Hill, one of the receivers, it might have been Demarcus Robinson. Anyway, taking their helmet off after they see what happened, yep. after they see what, what that knee looked like, taking their helmet off and slamming it into the ground. And when, when you see that kind of reaction, you know, you think this is more than a sprained knee. And then when you hear dislocated kneecap, I mean, it's kind of makes you cringe you know what i mean but then it was weird i I remember he's he's starting to walk off the field and he's got arms around and and he's being helped and then you know damned if by the time he gets to the 50 yard line he's not walking on his own and it was just like what is like this guy is just different and then you hear he's got like double jointed knee or something that's how he was like he missed two games with a dislocated kneecap it's absolutely insane Oh, uh, it should be fun to see. Now, does does Kansas City try to wrap him up before Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson are after? Well, I think the better question is the Cowboys and the Texans want to get those deals done before. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think like Patrick's going to get his money regardless. I don't think they really care what these other guys are going to get. Good stuff, Sam. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks, guys. That's Sam Mellinger, Kansas City star. This program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. The all-new GT four-door coupe because life is a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you missed any of our interviews this week or any week from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, go to the Dan Patrick Show app, watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, Mercedes-AMG driving performance. couple of phone calls in here. Marcus in New Orleans joins us. Good morning, Marcus. What do you have for me? Good morning, Dan. Thanks for having me. Sure. I uh, just wanted to point out the uh, the Pelicans. The remaining schedule was the easiest remaining schedule, whereas Memphis had a top five hardest schedule. So I think to leave leave our boys out would have been just not as fair, I guess. But I get your point about the marketing with Zion. Who wouldn't want to see Zion play more basketball? We love him down here. Yeah, I don't blame you. I want to see him. I just don't want the the NBA to give the impression that they're sort of how do we make this work so it seems legitimate where we get Zion Williamson into the playoffs here? Yes, he. And if you're so willing to publicly manipulate the playoffs to make sure Zion gets in there, what kind of 
public perception does that open up in terms of, well, look at that. We're willing to manipulate the game here to make sure our stars are in it. That's interesting. And the NBA has always had this sort of lingering suspicion about a lot of things. You know, accusations, a former official, and the Patrick Ewing lottery. I still go, I was there for the Patrick Ewing lottery. And you're just watching this. And I, I, I just remember watching Dave DeBusher's face because he was so excited. Former Knicks great, but he was so excited. And if, if you, and maybe you don't understand, maybe if you're not old enough to understand, you know, Patrick Ewing was really, really famous. This was a big deal getting Patrick Ewing in New York, marquee franchise. And I just remember saying, somebody said it in such a cynical way. And I'm, I'm going, well, there's no, what? Well, what if uh, they somehow fix the lottery? I go, they, they can't. How do you fix the lottery? And then somebody says, well, what if you put an envelope and it's cold? And I go, so then I'm going back and, you know, like CSI NBA. And I'm going, wait a minute, slow it down, slow it down. And I'm, I'm looking to see if, you know, the commissioner's hand is. And I'm going, I, I, I can't. I love sports too much. I just can't go this conspiracy theory can't go that deep on it but man it, it exists it still exists and that's a you can't bring uh, once again the the late great david stern he'd be yelling at me right now yeah Paul. this is a total hypothetical but part of the job of a commissioner is to make a sport better for the fans if you knew you weren't going to get caught and can fix a draft to make a player go to a certain spot and you knew you wouldn't get caught like the frozen card you'll never get caught just you and you don't know would you do it ethically in your head you know you're not getting caught, so you don't have to worry about that. You just have to worry about the ethics of it. Would you fix a sport for the good of the fans? Mm, not if I'm a commissioner. Because then, like, at what point do you say, well, I'll do that, but I wouldn't do that? Like, if I could have pl- found, if you were the commissioner and could have placed Zion Williamson on blank team, New Orleans is fine, but if you could put him on blank team, would you have done so? Some maneuver. Well, I, I, I would have New York, but New York doesn't deserve Zion Williamson. That ownership doesn't deserve him. I wanted to make sure New Orleans kept an NBA franchise because they've been in a state of flux. And now you're in great shape. And, and so if I want to make sure that I have franchises that are all valuable to a certain degree, I think you're going to see two NBA franchises relocate. And, you know, one of those might be in Vegas, maybe one's in Seattle. But I, I just get the feeling that, you know, somebody's going to lose, lose their franchise here. Yeah, Paul. Somehow, here, here's how you know it's a setup. Some, if the Pelicans <laughs> face the Lakers in the first round of the playoffs, oh, whatever yeah. the first round is, <laughs> if it's Pelicans-Lakers, then you know the fixes. Wait, I thought it was just a one-game playoff, play-in game. No, 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 we want to do best of three. Yeah. <laughs> Zion lost the opener, so he's got to. You got to give him one more chance here. This is just all hypothetical. That's all. All this is. A couple of phone calls coming up. We'll update the poll results. We'll check in with uh, Rebecca Lowe, who hosts the Premier League on NBCSN. They're back in business here, at least coming up in a couple of weeks. Have that. Um, Scott Boris in an email to his clients had some things to say. I'll have some things to say about that. And a former New York Met minor leaguer has some mean things to say about Tim Tebow. Have that for you coming up as well. Dan Patrick Show.
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. All righty. I was opening up mail and uh, Penny, the house dog, getting a lot of treats. Penny getting a lot of love there. Yeah, McLovin. Remember when fans used to send stuff to the Danettes? You know, us, us four guys, mm-hmm. T-shirts, yeah. memorabilia. Yeah. Somebody sent me a Maury Wills bobblehead doll. The problem is it used to be a bobblehead doll. It uh, came in pieces there. But uh, I, I do appreciate that. I, I do. I uh, always appreciate people taking time there. Also sending in their patches. We have... Uh, firefighters, uh, we have uh, Secret Service, we have police officers. So I have so many that I put on my desk. And then I had to start a a cork wall over there with all the patches that we get sent in here. So please continue to do that. I love to fly the colors of those in service here. Our Discover Moment of the Week, it was Charles Barkley. He was on Tuesday, and I asked him if he would play in a charity match. And he said he would play in a charity match under one condition. Would you be playing? If they ask me to play, dude, I'm not going to – listen, as long as I can drink and smoke when I play golf, I'm good. Uh, I'm going to have a couple – listen, I'm going to have some drinks and some stogies. I'm not going to be overly concerned about how good or bad I play. I mean, I don't think Tom Brady lost a lot of sleep because he was struggling on the front nine. That's Charles Barkley on Tuesday. That's the Discover Card moment of the week. Get your free credit scorecard today. Even if you're not a Discover customer, it includes your FICO credit score. Checking your scorecard will not hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations do apply. I mentioned that uh, a former New York Met farmhand, minor leaguer, Andrew Church, among uh, the minor leaguers the Mets released on Thursday. He's a 25-year-old right-hander. He... uh, I think tore one of the ligaments in his arm, but um, he ripped into his now former organization. He said that um, 2013, uh, he was a 2013 second round pick. And he said uh, about the Mets on Instagram that uh, signing a celebrity, that has to be Tim Tebow. uh, He blamed the organization for doing that. They made a mockery of our team by putting a celebrity on it to sell more tickets. Uh, apparently a reference to uh, Tebow, who was signed in 2016. I saw players lose their jobs because of it. We weren't playing to win. We were playing to make everyone else money, not the players. We never saw a cut. Well, allegedly, one player did. Tebow and Church were teammates. Class A St. Lucie for much of 2017. And so, not a good situation. A lot of minor leaguers out of their uh, jobs here, by the way. Uh, The other thing, speaking of baseball... Scott Boris, agent to the Stars, Major League Baseball, he is uh, an email that was uh, received by the Associated Press from Scott Boris. Uh, he did not apparently send it to the Associated Press, but they, they somehow got it. Maybe he did send it. And uh, he said, don't bail out the owners. Don't take pay cuts here. Here's the only thing that I would uh, question Scott Boris about with that philosophy with his players. And I, he's got over 70 marquee players is there are owners who don't want the season to come back. Major League Baseball owners who don't want the season to come back. I think that's what 
Scott has to understand. I'm sure he does. He's a very bright man. But if you're saying to these players, hey, don't give them a break, don't bail out the owners, you might be bailing out the owners by not coming back. Because there are some owners that are going to look at this and say, I'm going to lose money here. I'm not the Yankees and I'm not the Dodgers. I'm going to lose money here. So I don't know what kind of progress we're going to have with this anytime soon. Uh, But the players are taking the risk here. And that should be noted and reminded. You, You know, people need to be reminded of that. The players are taking the risk. And there has to be a middle ground here to be fair to the players to come back with the risk and they're going to lose money, make it prorated. If you can get 100 games in there, and at least that's a starting point, maybe you get 80 games here. But some baseball is better than no baseball. At least it feels that way. But with no fans in the stands, there will be owners who will not want the season to return. They don't want to spend this salary, and then they don't get any fans. They don't get any concessions. They're not getting any of that money there. But uh, from what I'm told, there are owners who will not want to come back and play. Shane in North Carolina joins us. Hi, Shane. What do you have for me? Hey, first-time caller. Love the show. Thank you, Shane. Uh, I I was just going to commiserate on your minivan misery. Uh, 20 years ago, I became a dad for the first time. Uh, One of the greatest things in my life. But I drove onto a car lot in a Nissan Red 240SX two-seater with a stick shift. <laughs> Drove off the lot in a green Nissan Quest minivan with a built-in VHS player. Yeah. Killing it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Shane. Yeah, I can, I can relate to it. I remember when my wife sat me down and said, we got to get a minivan. Then I said, oh, no, it's over. Got to get a minivan. All right. Can't we get like a, a Jeep Cherokee? No, you got four kids. Can't Come on. Can't they share a baby seat, car seat? Yeah, Paul. Then we have to figure out today what's the best alternative. If you're a 33-year-old bro with a family out there, you don't want a minivan, you should get what? Tom Brady's SUV. A limousine. <laughs> Final hour coming up. 